Check, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, the funny checks guy. Yeah. Like, I'm going to say, like, my go-to is always <clears throat> Dikembe Mutombo. Dikembe right. Mutombo. People seem to like that. They seem to like that, that it, one. Get, it gets me pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a little unique, fun to say. Have uh, you done yeah. a Google search uh, for funny check sounds, just out of curiosity? Oh, no. Okay, here's the deal. I'll do it. Funny. I'm just curious. Ways <laughs> to mic check is what I'll type in. Right, right. I'm going to press enter, Alex. Yep. After you tell me what you think, I should say. Um, cricket tits. Cricket tits. <laughs> cricket got, tits. You got, got some sharp, pretty you, good. You got some cricket sharp teeth tits. There. Cricket tits. Yeah. yeah. All right. That maybe I'll give that works. a shot. Yeah. The guy. The guy who runs the place seems pretty cool. So I think he'll probably. Yeah. Maybe he. Maybe he'll be in on that. It'd maybe it'll make you, him laugh. You did That'll it one be the time test. and got kicked off the stage and you never get invited back. <laughs> Right now, they're like, "This is a family-friendly establishment." <laughs> this is actually, you know, what I'm describing right now might be a real thing that occurs that I describe later on Roll Up and Die when I describe like what happened that day. <laughs> I'll probably say, "Dude, I got kicked off the stage." What happened of this place? The venue is pretty nice. They have a they have an indoor brewery area, but they got like 18 taps around back. It's like uh, it, it's a beer garden. But it's so interesting saying that because the city that I live in is so rural and kind of down home, country type of place. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but this place looks like it should. It belongs in like a really big city. It's a nice. They have a like a really nice gazebo and tether ball oh. and like oh wow, a bunch of different games in the back. Like it's a huge area with grass. There's they have beautiful and fragrant hops that grow up the gazebo and form the roof of it. And they have a bar that's right there. That's it can shield you from the wind on a windy day and keep you uh, oh, warm on a, on a cool day. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's out of this world. And uh, they have a tiny little <laughs> concrete platform where they're putting a stage and a little, they have a little covering for when they, when they set up the stage. But they haven't done too much with it yet. I'm hoping to change that. I'm hoping to, to rock their world. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome. Okay, so uh, yep. here I'm just going to start from the top. Uh, right. This person sings the theme from The Love Boat. Ooh. I don't I don't know what that is, Alex. Can you sing that? I no. Uh, this guy says, "I just say testes over and over until they tell me to stop." <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, See if anyone notices. That is not bad. Uh, take the mic and bounce it off somebody's head. If you get feedback, it's a go. <laughs> that guy. That sounds I'm not really that guy. painful. What? What kind of website is this? It's, it looks like a. It looks like a music website. It's a forum. 
That was, I mean, oh. here, here's the deal. That was posted in 2007. All right, so let's, this is a, a dec, someone's <laughs> a dead, decade old words. Right. Someone has matured, become a better person, and forgot that this exists. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening. So um, uh, I think that, what, you know, if they knew that it existed, they'd be confronted with something <clears throat> that's, you know, the, the opposite of themselves, something dichotomous, <laughs> something that clashes, two things that don't quite go together, but we're going to put them together anyway, like genres wow you just went for it that's a great idea so matt uh why don't you go ahead and kick us off with the topic in this episode so we are going to be uh continuing our discussion on uh genre clashes and uh i i the word clash here doesn't really fit i think because clash insinuates that they don't mix but I think that mostly we're talking about taking two great tastes and making them taste great together. We're going to be talking about mixing genres in RPGs. Tell me what the best and worst genre mixes you've ever seen are. Um, the best and worst. Firefly is a great example um, yeah. of it done really, really right, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, yeah. Because you've got, it, it had just, I feel like it had just enough of each genre in there you know what i mean like it, right. it was it was a little <clears throat> bit sci-fi a little bit western mm-hmm. um yeah. and i really liked that about it um kill bill yeah kill bill's kind of a western kung fu movie uh, yeah yeah notoriously yeah. right <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. i think um a good recent example is something like thor ragnarok which was very like sci-fi fantasy sort of almost um i really like that movie that was really yeah. good yep that uh, did a really good job of sort of blending different styles without it being too messy yeah, not not too long ago they had Cowboys and Aliens, which was yep, which was really good. I was I was surprised how how much I like that. Uh, well, I mean, it, I guess it depends on on how how mushed up it is. Like if you look at a yeah. movie like Alien, that that's definitely sci fi horror, for example. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah. To a certain extent, even something like Star Wars could be considered a genre, you know, a, a genre mix because you have. <clears throat> Uh, you know, it is a space opera, but then you have, uh, you know, sort of magic and mysticism in there and, and some fantasy elements with, uh, you know, almost um, like Kurosawa film sort of-esque stuff with the lightsabers right. and the Jedi, um, which sort of b- borders also on Western. So there's a lot of stuff going exactly, on in those yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've always seen that as a mix for sure. Yeah. Well, what do we consider to be a, like a genre? What, what, what... Uh... What ca- what what kind of categories are we using? Like we, we there are book categories that everyone kind of goes by. You know, this is mm-hmm. mystery, sci-fi, fantasy, things like that. You know, there are genres in settings like uh, steampunk, um, right. Victorian, Roaring Twenties. You know, you, you can break it up by time period. Is is are kind of their own genres? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, I think it's, it's some it's something <clears throat> that kind of connotates a theme. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost I feel like genre at this point is almost like a non-word, like it doesn't really yeah. mean anything <clears throat> because because like entertainment and art is already just so like everything has already been mixed together and everything's mingling in sort of this Kinda. soup. Yeah. And so well, it's, thank it's you hard. everybody for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. That's the answer. Um, There's no genre. Kind of just in this episode, there. we no uh, decided that genre is dead and God is dead and there's <laughs> yeah. no point in living. Is, is it? Yep. <laughs> I think that 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 the uh, that the thing the thing that we should focus on are like 
mixtures of things that you wouldn't necessarily expect yeah. or like surprising mixtures of things. Does that, right. you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I think we, we can Western talk about on the some high of the, seas. Yeah. yeah. We can talk about some of the, like the zanier sort of <laughs> combinations of things. Yes. Well, well, I think, I think the, the things people consider a genre mashup tend to be more extreme. <laughs> You know, in other words, you know, like Alien was a sci- was a sci-fi horror. Sorry, I'm dying, but it wasn't as. Sci- <laughs> hey, hey, whoever's choking Matt out right it's now? Me. Can you I'm cut, dying. cut it out. This guy broke into cut my house. He's got, he's, me got in a, a, he's got me in a half Nelson. He's got a podcast to record. All right. Okay, please continue. Right, I'm, done, I'm right. done dying. I mean, we can look at Alien and say, yeah, it's it's sci-fi and horror, but it there. It's not as sci-fi and horror as, say, like uh, Event Horizon, yeah, which is extreme right. yeah. sci-fi and horror. It, it, it's kind of a balance. They want to be far enough apart where they're where you can tell that they're both there. You know, you don't want to blend it together yeah. so much that you can't see either. You want to be able right. to see the two genres, I guess, is my point. You know, like with with Firefly, it's it's pretty clear that you've got this really strong Western feel, but it's spaceships, so it's it, there's a clear. You know, there's a clear delineation that there's these two genres mashed together. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That's I'm, a really good way of looking at it because I think that, like, the example of Alien is, like, that's kind of like a horror story told in a sci-fi setting. Right. Which is kind of different than, like, a sci-fi horror setting. Does that, like, does that yes. make sense? Like, it's a, yeah. it's kind of yeah. a different sort of thing. Like, right. not everything in the alien universe is horrifying. For the most part, right. it's just, like, humans flying around on big, giant mining ships, like, just whatever. <laughs> but there are, right. there is this specific story that is a horror story told within that science fiction setting. Whereas you, if you take um, a genre like, uh, you know, a police drama and combine it with magic, you get uh, a show like Bright. Right. You know? Yep. Uh, which is, again, two very distinct things that you can, they feel distinct while they work together. And you can always kind of mm. like adjust the hue and contrast when the things are together and because right. dead space is a different type of horror than alien and and the horrific yeah. parts of Warhammer 40k are different from alien but they're mm-hmm. all kind of science fiction horror you know you can you can line things up in that way and it's all based on Alex what you said striking that balance pulling things together just enough not too much not too little uh, to strike the tone that you're looking for. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite weird freaking genre mix? Western uh, science po- fiction seems very common these days. In fact, I mean, like, like we mentioned, Firefly. We mentioned uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Um, uh, Westworld is another good example. Yep, Westworld is great. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we're actually seeing quite a few of those. So that that's kind of, I guess, in now. I, I think what I'd like to see more. I haven't seen too much of this, but is like an apocalypse setting uh, you know an apocalypse uh genre in a different setting you know so like a post-apocalyptic victorian england or a post-apocalyptic roman empire you know what would what would happen if they had an apocalypse during those times what what would have happened um i mean some of them kind of did really Uh, at least localized post-apocalyptic roman empire is uh we're we're living in it baby vision of the lombards (laughs) yeah that's it we're living in it baby (laughs) but no i mean that's a that's a great point alex is like that's that's a really good example of like that's a surprising combination like if i saw a a kickstarter for an rpg book that was like hey it's a post-apocalyptic victorian setting i'd be like that sounds pretty cool. I'm into yeah. that. That's that's not something that you see very often, if at all. Right. 
and there's something in the post that we we put up for this episode, uh, post-apocalyptic high seas adventure, and and I just can't read that without thinking of Kevin Costner. Dude, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I was actually. It's funny you mentioned that. I was <clears> working on an RPG setting for a wa- a long time that was like, uh, it was a setting where. Um, it was if the goddess of the sea sort of like lost her mind and like decided to just like bring up all the seas and cause this apocalypse to happen. Oh, and, gosh, um, yes. and it, so all the races were sort of like separated on these islands. And I, I was working on this setting for, this was like years and years and years ago, but I wanted to run this setting where you had, you pretty much had to be on a ship because like mm-hmm. there was not enough <clears> land <throat> for people to live on. Um, but you had your, you know, various fantasy races sort of surviving in this, uh, this post-apocalyptic world that was very, it was very water world, but, um, and then you had like, like nice. crazy fish people that were living under the sea and <laughs> stuff like that. So like something like that would be very neat to play in, I feel like. Oh, yeah. That sounds awesome. Maybe I should revisit it at some point. You should. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, hor- we can talk about like horror and comedy. I mean, we've mentioned Shaun of the Dead in this podcast mm-hmm. before as a mix between horror and comedy, but yeah. uh, horror and Western. Um, yep. Uh, steampunk love, yep. and horror and Western. Uh, <clears throat> the Titanic. <clears throat> you know, like I actually yeah. like taking a historic event, kind of building on what. You were talking about like uh, you know post a post apocalyptic Victorian London taking yep. World War One and making a horror in the trenches game. Yep, like involving mm-hmm. undead. Yep. What's what's that a weird War Three uh, kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, the you know if you go to the Civil War and add aliens to the mix and mm-hmm. it's post apocalyptic and the north and south are still fighting but it's an underground yep. civil war you know beneath the suppression of the alien race uh, yeah. a lot of different ways you can go with that well yeah. Yeah, it's interesting at, at the time uh, war of the worlds was sort of cutting edge because it was written for the time period in which you know the the invasion took place but now for us it's sort of morphed into you know a mashup a, a genre mashup because you've got you know, uh, 19th century England, uh, and an alien invasion. So, right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's no longer contemporary. So now it's a genre piece. (laughs) Would you guys consider like alternate history sort of stuff to be sort of like genre mingling? I think it almost has to be because you start having alternate history. You're, you're sort of, the, normally, people only do that when they include something weird in it, like magic or dragons right. undead or, horror, yeah. or something like a specific yeah. theme yeah. to it. But I like I'm specifically yeah. thinking of like there's this video game series called Resistance um, that is mm-hmm. like uh, I think it's oh and it's been forever since I played it, so I'm gonna get some stuff wrong. But Fall I think of it's Man. yeah, Resistance <laughs> Fall of Man, where it's basically like um, if aliens showed up between World War One and World War Two. Mm-hmm. So um, it's sort of it has a World War Two sort of aesthetic to it. But there's also alien technology, and so all the guns look a little bit different because they've been augmented by uh, alien tech. And mm-hmm. like, there are like evil Nazis, but they're like it's because they've gone over to the side of these aliens that are oppressing mankind. Like they helped the aliens sort of gain a foothold or whatever. And so that to me is a kind of a cool genre mashup because you have things that you have a familiar setting, you know, kind of a World War II sort of setting. But then there's this unexpected twist of like, oh, and there's aliens too. And like you're fighting mm. aliens, like, you know, you're having trench warfare and there's aliens and you have like a, yeah. you know, an M1 Grand, but it's a, a high tech M1 Grand, you know, sort of situation. Yep, yep. So I love stuff like that. Well, lately with movies, we're seeing uh, uh, a lot of historical, um, you know, superhero mashups, like with yeah. uh, uh, Captain America, 
you know, the first Avenger and you've got Wonder Woman. Yep. Wonder you Woman. You know, so, <clears throat> you know, uh, there's a lot of supers mashups too. And, oh, what's that, uh, that role-playing game there? Uh, crap. I think it takes place in World War II. Uh, Godlike, is it called? Yeah. Where, yeah. Where, the, where they have superheroes during World War II or something like that? Yep. I never, I haven't really looked at it, but it looks awesome. I love the premise of it. Yeah, it's a really cool, cool. premise. Yeah. yeah. Another one that springs to mind for me is Deadlands. I don't know if you guys have played yep. Deadlands before, oh, but yeah. it's like, you know, if, if <clears> after <throat> the Civil worlds. War, if we sort of uh, uncovered this stuff called Ghost Rock, which would basically mm-hmm. unleash, you know, all kinds of different weird things into the world and also, uh, like shoot technology forward because it can be used as an energy source. Mm. And so it's like this one sort of event that like sets us off on this completely different path. And so the setting is both familiar and new. Um, I really enjoy Deadlands. So is that, is that kind of a mixture of, uh, let's see, that would be Western uh, fantasy horror. Yeah. It's like Western fantasy horror. And then there's also like steampunky or like, um, not necessarily even steampunky, but like mm-hmm. I, I almost want to call it like Tesla punk because it's like early electricity and stuff. Right. Um, right. And uh, you can so like one of the classes <clears> in Deadlands <throat> is like you can be a mad scientist and you you have to come up <laughs> with like your your crazy nice. technology, but you're also fighting alongside like gunslingers and hucksters, and hucksters are like you know voodoo shamans who can like uh, play blackjack and summon demons and stuff like that you know so it's a mm-hmm. very that is like a very clear like there's a bunch of stuff in that pot like a yep. bunch of different ingredients in that gumbo <laughs> <laughs> i uh i'm going to use the phrase or word tesla punk uh always so that's, that's cool <laughs> that yeah, is cool. I, uh, I googled it just to see how unique you were you are so unique you made that up because oh, it's man. nowhere, I'm it's sure. actually, it's a box mod for a vape unit. So unless you, <laughs> you started vaping, vape niche. Uh, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna list one other thing, and then I'm, and then we can and then we can move on from this. But another uh, sure. recent uh, thing that I've been obsessed with that is, that is alternate history is um, this setting called Scythe. Uh, or rather, it's a it, oh, the God, setting yes. itself is I'm, I think is called 1920 plus. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's uh, basically the setting where. Um, uh, if like mechs were invented during World War One or leading up to World War One, so that during the oh, Great neat. War everyone had mechs, um, and that is kind of Tesla punk because yeah. Nikola Tesla is actually involved in the setting, and there's like a bunch of crazy Gonzo technology out there, and all the mechs were sort of like prototyped by Nikola Tesla, and he like yep. Uh, the Great War is like much more destructive because of the presence of these mechs. And Nikola oh, Tesla's nice. like, "What have I done? Like, I created these war machines. I wanted them to, you know, help people, and they used them for war or whatever." But um, that is just a really beautiful, evocative, very cool setting because, yep. in addition to the sort of like cool, like Europa World War One aesthetic, you also have these cool hulking war machines involved, mm-hmm. and also like animal companions are a thing in that world like like there's like a little bit of magic to it because like a bunch of the characters in the setting have like oh she has a giant wolf companion he rides on a a buffalo like this guy has a (laughs) you know a a giant tiger that he hangs Mm -hmm. out with and stuff like that it's like a very cool mashup of things that all just work together Uh, on a quick side note did 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 you guys see uh elon musk's uh tesla in, in orbit I did. I was going to say, I, that's oh, what I first thought so when he said Tesla Punk. 
I thought that was so cool. <laughs> that was one of the best things I've seen in a amazing. long, long time. I love that that car is out there floating around. In space. It's 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 it, it headed for Mars. It's a real I know. that genuine mashup right there. It is that is a genuine mashup. <laughs> someone put, someone put a meme up, and it, and it showed uh, David Bowie when he played te- when he played Tesla, and it said uh, Bowie playing Tesla, and then it showed a picture of the car, and it says Tesla pl- playing Bowie. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Huh. That's perfect. So it was brilliant. <laughs> so this, brilliant. This Tesla is going to Mars. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's going to uh, be in Martian orbit. Yep. It's going to be in the Martian orbit or it's going to yep. crash into Mars. No, it I believe it's supposed it's either supposed to be in orbit or it's going to slingshot out uh, out of our galaxy out of our out of our solar system. Okay. I and always some alien's you know, going to be really happy. He's going to be like, "Holy, it's a car." <laughs> I always find it so strange that we're just like <clears throat> tossing our litter everywhere. We're just like, we don't give a <laughs> shit. Space is big. Dump it. <laughs> it's pretty cool litter in this case, though. Yeah. It is. Cool it is. It, yeah. Very cool. It's no Voyager yeah. 1, but it's cool. And I love, I just love that they have a mannequin in there driving the car. And I just, <laughs> yep. I want, I want our first contact with aliens to be them like, uh, sir, I think you're going to want to take a look at this. They have their little holographic view screen and there's a, Guy driving a car and he's listening to the like flogging Molly or something in the car while he's driving. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh, that would be the best. Oh. <laughs> uh, I I have a question for you guys about yeah. about genres. Yeah. Um, I I we live next to a truck stop and so when I see the <clears> word <throat> diesel or diesel, mm-hmm. I, I you know I just think of big trucks, you know, 18 wheelers, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. So when I see diesel punk, I think of something that's really dumb <laughs> and ridiculous and involves a lot of like, uh, trucker hats and, uh, shirts with stains on them and pretty, pretty mediocre breakfast burritos. We're talking five out of seven breakfast burritos. So, uh, <laughs> teach me what the, what is diesel punk and what's the difference between diesel punk and steampunk? I think other than just the basic I, so fuel, I, I guess yeah, I guess it's the basic fuel. The the, the, yeah. the engines used to drive it. I mean, well, and I think I think the aesthetic <clears throat> of diesel punk is decidedly like it's like really? um it's like post World War Two looking tech. Yeah. Like it's like it's um what's oh what's that word? Um, hang on, it's like Fallout ret- retro futuristic, where it's like it everything is very retro, yeah. but it's also more advanced technology than we have right now. So yeah, you I have see. like this kind of like cool Art Deco uh, aesthetic mm-hmm. with like zeppelins and mechs and cars and stuff that are all very like 1950s sort oh, of dude, it, it's kind of like pulpy uh, in some places. Yeah, and it reminds yeah, me of 40k and other places. It's too. like yeah. um, it's almost like kind of like a like Rocketeer sort of has almost a diesel oh, punk sort of Rocketeer. aesthetic to it. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow's a, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yep. that definitely has a diesel punk thing going on for sure. Yep. Definitely, I love that film, and I've I've mentioned that before. I absolutely Dude, yeah. love that film. I love Sky Captain for sure. Yeah, calling now, Sky <clears throat> Captain. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Now, what do you guys think? Uh, of sorry, I was Sky... calling Sky Captain. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, I was going to say, what do you guys think of time travel as far as genres go? Because time travel is sort of a way to have almost automatic mashups. Yeah, because you know, you're gonna have. I mean, the time travel itself is sci-fi, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But you can yes. interact, but, you know, it, depending on how you're using it, you can interact with all sorts of other, you know, time period genres, whether you're looking at, you know, uh, Victorian England, uh, uh, Roman Empire, uh, Dark Ages, uh, Stone Age, you know, you, you literally have any number of, of ways you can sort of interact with, with all of that. Would that just sort of be a, 
strictly sci-fi or would you consider those, you know, kind of like the ultimate mashup where you can sort of mix it with anything? As a Doctor Who <clears throat> fan, can I jump in on this one? I, I absolutely I think I think that the the sci-fi elements will absolutely be apparent if it's something like Doctor Who, if it's uh, yeah. episodic in that way or you're continuously traveling in time. But I think that if you're running a, you know, a three-shot, a trilogy or a campaign or whatever sort of game in which the players, like a limited game in which the players mm-hmm. specifically go back in time from one location in the past, I wouldn't do it present, like in the past, to another time in the past, uh, uh, it, or it, it further in the past, like from Victorian-era London to the Bronze Age before the fall, and they have to fight right. the sea peoples using their you know uh, Victorian weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that, to me, is a genre mashup yeah. by building the game in that way. If that's, I mean, that that might not answer your question, but that's a way of doing it. Yeah. No, I'm kind of brainstorming because I'm trying to think of. Um, uh, I've seen a lot of of movies and books and TV shows where the mashup is handled through the use of either technology or some sort of magic. In other words, like uh, the His Dark Materials book series, which uh, they made into that movie, The Golden Compass. That Man, involves... I've got to say, that's a book I've been dying to read. I've never read it. Uh, Heather's, it's, it's, Heather loves it. Yeah, there, there are three books, a fantastic series, and they just started a new series. Um, I've never seen the film, so I, th- I think that yeah, I've heard that's a you good don't, thing. You don't, you don't need to, yeah. Um but anyway, Go ahead. Sorry. without this doesn't get really get into spoilers, but part one of the main premises is that there are these alternate worlds, and you know uh, there's um, the world that Lyra starts in, which is you know the main alpha world, I guess you call it for the books, uh, is kind of Victorian England. You know they have they have they certainly have different things. The people have the have these things called demons, which are basically like their soul, but they're on the outside and take the shape of an animal. Mm. And uh, and they they have a little bit of kind of steampunky stuff, but it's not like heavy steampunk. And but then they have these other worlds they, that 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 uh, that are, are encountered at various points. That you know one of them is like ours. You know, uh, very very similar, if not exactly ours. You know, right. so. Now that's that's involving like this sort of dimensional travel, but it's not. It doesn't feel science fictiony, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like the like the locations that they go. I don't, <clears throat> that sounds kind of sci-fi to me. But like, you're, are, do they do, the different worlds that they travel to are? Is it is it the theme and tone? Well, you think? Well, if if anything, no, because I don't want to see there's a magic aspect to it, but it's it's almost like even the even the tech they use to sort of bridge these gaps is very steampunky and for example okay. uh, uh, again this is this isn't too spoilery uh there's there's la, actually la, la, a la, la. oh that doesn't <laughs> <laughs> at one point there's actually a knife that can actually cut into these other worlds so which is definitely not sci-fi yeah. as far right, as right that right that's you know? very magic yeah yeah now that's that's an interesting one because it's definitely an, it it has those sort of interdimensional connections to different genre worlds almost but it's it's doesn't feel sci-fi um if anything it feels more like steampunk fantasy i guess uh i guess that would that, that would probably be the closest i would come to that mashup and it's okay, one, cool. definitely one of my favorites 
I, I was going to bring up something I think you're aware of, Alex, uh, the Cinder Spires series. I only mm. know of the book I've not quite finished, and I'm actually going to be starting over soon, uh, The mm-hmm. Aeronauts Windlass, which mm-hmm. is... Uh, Jim Butcher book. Jim Butcher. Yeah. Actually, Jim Butcher is kind of, uh, you know, he's he's the guy who wrote who writes Dresden Files. Dresden Files. And yeah. That's right. a, that's a genre mix <clears throat> too. So this guy just does it yeah. all the time. Aeronauts Windlass is like part steampunk airships, part mm-hmm. uh, a- talking animals, like part Pokemon like type of thing. Part. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it feels kind <clears throat> of dystopian, like Big Brother. I'm not finished with the yeah. book. I'm like halfway through, but it feels like the society they're in kind of feels mm-hmm. a little just weird, uh, and the the way it's run. And uh, it's part military, like it's got a big military component to it. And and pirates, it's a pirates book. It, you know, it, <laughs> it, it like there are so many different genres shoved into this this book. And you know what? To be honest, there are times when That's I was okay. wondering, is it doing too much? Is this mm-hmm. is the, are they dumping a little too much on me? Which makes me think of the infamous role playing game Rifts. Brain. Which yeah. is basically has <laughs> that's, has that's done a good the, example uh, of genre mingling done a little <laughs> bit gone too far. It's gone, gone rampant, <laughs> you know. And 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 a riffs fan would say riffs has done nothing wrong. They've just given yeah. you everything. It's you yeah. as the game master that sucks. Yeah, because you don't know when to stop. <laughs> and that's that's true, man. If you put a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. In my driveway, I'm gonna learn how to drive. You know, if I'm a, even if I'm a ten year old. Hold on. Well, Baka, you mentioned comedy before, and uh, now comedy. If, if you're making that kind of mashup yeah. with a movie or a book, it's pre- it can be pretty easy. Well, I shouldn't say easy, but easier than because comedy in role playing games is really hard. I mean, I've, I think I've only seen one really successful comedy role playing game, which is, which is Paranoia. You know, I, I maybe right. I miss. I, I mean, I'm not probably the most well versed in in all the role playing games, but can you guys think of any that the others that use comedy as a as a main feature of it? I can't really, and that it's it's an interesting yeah, thing good. because comedy movies are such a big thing, but for some mm-hmm. reason, the idea of a comedy RPG seems weird to me, and like not something I would be super interested in playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, have, I mean, you ever, have you guys ever played Fiasco? Uh, no, uh, but, yes. I, but I've seen it played. Yeah, See, I, I don't, you know what? That's a good example, Barker. That's like that mm. game can be played in a very like comedic fashion and yeah, lends itself to comedic yeah. play. Yeah. That's true. I played it. I played it one time, and that game is great, man. That game is it. It takes a little bit to get used to, but the it mm-hmm. ended with. <laughs> me and all of my friends standing up in our living room pointing imaginary guns at each other in a mexican standoff like it was like, it was beautiful awesome. you're dwight and michael and yeah who, <laughs> you're all pointing Andy. at each other just like okay right, nobody move nobody move <laughs> that's awesome uh, like I've I've played a little bit of Fiasco, just a little bit, and not uh, just a taste. And I've wanted to play a little bit more, but I've heard that it was kind of comedic yeah. in nature. And it sort mm-hmm. of it lends itself more to like a, almost like a Tarantino or like Coen Brothers esque yeah. sort Dark, of thing, yeah. where it's like it's it's crime and it's violence, but it's also kind of like lighthearted comedic sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah you can definitely. go funnier. You yeah. can go definitely go more serious, I guess, if you wanted yeah. to. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I you know I'd consider like having your movie night be the night or uh, where you switch genres or you know mm-hmm. start a genre clash and and here's why because 
Uh, I was talking, I think, Matt, this was a conversation with you about how, you know, if I know that I'm going to be recording a certain song in a week that's in the key of A minor, I am going to listen to songs in A minor all the time for the for that week until it's time to record and work on that song. <laughs> right. And yeah. Because when I do it, it's like it, it feels more natural. My brain's tuned into that. If you like watch Shaun of the Dead before you're gonna run your horror <laughs> comedy game with your group of friends yeah. and a bunch of popcorn and Mountain Dew or whatever at five, six PM and then you know, run your comedy dread game or whatever that you yep. want to run in the evening. I think you're. I think you'll find a lot of success in tuning the minds of yourself and your players to that sort of frequency before getting started in the game. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. And yeah. and for for one like uh, uh, paranoia, I definitely recommend uh, listening to the audiobooks of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because. Well, oh yeah, because that that's that's comedy sci-fi at its at its best. You know, it's just absolutely brilliant. And 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 Paranoia definitely has that um, Douglas Adams feel to it. You know, I mean, I I could see him, yeah. you know, writing a story in that world and and fitting perfectly. So yeah, I mean, uh, but like you know, like I think there's a reason we can't find too many comedy role-playing games because I think number one, they're hard. They, it can be really difficult to to pull it off, and number two, I think it's 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 kind of like cake, you know. It can be a blast to play, but not every night, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, you get that big rich piece of cake, and it's just delicious. It's 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 awesome. It cost a fortune, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. But you you wouldn't want to eat it again that day. Yeah. <laughs> By know, days, d- day five, there's there's <laughs> freaking nothing else in the house. And you're like, dang it, cake again. I got to go to the store. Or I got to eat this <laughs> stupid freaking cake. It, oh, it's, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it, that, it, maybe it's one of those crazy. things where, you know, you've been playing D&D or been playing, you know, whatever game you're playing for, for the past you know six months. And you just need a, you just need a break. Right, uh, you know, paranoia is perfect for something like that. You know what? That's where uh, that's a good place to look for your genre mixing yeah. game, especially if comedy's in there. Is the mm-hmm. are, are those kind of well, I don't want to call them minor publishing companies because, in my opinion, they're very major. They're on my bookshelf. Uh, but the mm-hmm. people who make games like Dread, the people sure. who make games like uh, Fiasco, uh, 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 Microscope, the game that we played, you know, yep. Microscope would be awesome for genre mixing and just yeah. because that game's all about making stuff up as you go and agreeing with each other and drawing up rules about the universe. And, yeah. you know, you can say something like, hey, we're going to do sci-fi horror, but we're not going to do undead horror, okay? I want to do something yeah. a little more demonic, demonic horror. Uh, right. It's going to be shock instead of, you know, thriller. It, 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 yep. It's it, Microscope's perfect for that, and a lot of those yeah. smaller games are, definitely. You know, I'm sort of having a, a somewhat of an epiphany as we're sitting here talking about this, in that I feel like genre mixing is just part of the creative process in general, because Mm. like if you ask someone to describe a movie or a book or an RPG to you, how do they do it? They always say, Oh, it's a little bit of this mixed with a little bit of that with a little (laughs) sprinkle of this thrown in. Like they always use that language to describe things. So I feel like to a certain extent, just like we were talking about at the beginning, like genre is dead. Long live genre. Like it just, it, you know, it, it, it is, it is nothing and everything at the same time. Everything is a mingling of genres, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is just kind of, it's kind of crazy. Yep. It's like the watchmen is supers meets cold war grit. 
Right. Yeah. Right. That's exactly. just, yeah. it's like you said, it's just the, the foundation of the creative process is applying one theme to another. Yep. Yeah. Or like, uh, you know, you, you can get down to like, okay, oh, describe the movie Rogue One. Okay, well, it's like it's like Star Wars, but it's like if Star Wars was like a like a gritty war movie. Okay, yeah, or yeah. Or like an Avengers flick, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Yep, exactly, exactly. Star Wars meets like Guns of Navarone, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's this meets this. <laughs> what you've just listened to has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2017. How official. The games, films, TV shows, and other stuff we talked about during this episode are the properties of their respective owners, so be sure to borrow nicely, okay? Any snippet, portion, clip, or other synonym for part of this show can absolutely be used in other media so long as credit is given to the Roll Up and Die podcast. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt can be found at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker can be found at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at www.absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is also on YouTube at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on Drive Through RPG under Critical Hit Publishing. Be sure to keep track of us on iTunes at rollupanddie.podbean.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, everybody, and as always, happy gaming.